Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at All Marketing School and your Marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confettis in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool.click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, hot seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon. So make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. My name is Fab and I'm your teacher as always. But I'm not the only teacher here today because today you're meeting Alt Marketing School fellow teacher, Veronica. And we talk about all good things marketing. As a fellow marketer ourself, we definitely talk about things like LinkedIn and the importance of systems. But we also talk about lessons from circus life. Yes, you heard it right. It's going to be an incredible experience. And also, Veronica is such a sweet, amazing human being. You're going to fall in love with her and then you're going to thank me for it. In case you don't know her, Veronica Wood Querales is a CIM qualified marketer and an ILM certified mentor with over a decade of experience working with startups and growing businesses in tech, property and healthcare. She specializes in B2B marketing strategy, customer focused marketing, content marketing and launch campaigns. As a consultant and a mentor, Veronica has two areas of focus, working with small businesses to build their brands with limited resources and mentoring early to mid-career marketers to step up and grow in their roles. As you can tell, you are in for a treat. So get your ears ready, get excited because we're in for a ride. Let's day class begin. 
So Veronica did something to me right now. She dropped a bomb and now I cannot think <laughs> about anything else for this podcast than this. Veronica is in the circus. Yeah. So Veronica, first of all, hello and thank you for being here. <laughs> And secondly, this completely changed where I thought we were going to go today. So I am hella excited. Yes, it's to be fair, it's the fact I always give when people say, tell me a fun fact about yourself. I've always got the circus as a backup. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> You're like, yes, like icebreakers, anyone? Hello. And I love that. And I love that you were also saying to me right before we hit record, like how... It taught you so much, you know, all these life lessons actually were being able to apply to your business. And I met you just for context. So Veronica is one of our amazing teachers. I thought I'd say that because then I'm going to go into how I met her. It was a mix between a bit of like Instagram finding and then like a bit of kind of looking around the socials. And it's you're the only person, by the way, that I've I've kind of contacted this way. Usually I've been knowing everybody else for a while. I just felt let's let's talk to Veronica let's see what she's about and I just love the fact that kind of like you were still in that journey you were finishing off some of your studies and you know like your business has been going on as well and you were taking things to the next level and so I love what you just said to me right before we went on here about actually some of the lessons that you learned in your business and I think this year has been quite you know the past two years let's say almost have been quite um you know there's been a lot of lessons within them for all of us and I'm kind of wondering what has come up for you based on all the different changes and yeah let's throw the circles in there as well if you want <laughs> so it's lessons over the past year definitely patience so there's loads of things that I've I've not been able to do so as I mentioned to Fab I am I'm an aerialist I do aerial sails and aerial rope we had to stop doing this in April last year and I've been doing it for three years up to that point and you know I, I sound like I'm um in the greatest showman I know I'm in my 30s and I'm you know a very average person so I, I just do this for fun I've, I've progressed a lot but it's, it's just my hobby and not being able to do it and having to just let go and sit with that was a really good lesson and I really really missed it and likewise with my business so this just the past few months is actually the first time that I've run my business in what I would call normal circumstances there was so much that I missed out on to begin with so I had entire clients that you know I started did a project finished a project never met them so now any chance I get I'm meeting as many clients as possible so I've been traveling all over the country just to get some face-to-face time with people so yeah the the human connection is definitely what I've missed the most and it's funny you mentioned that because I believe that the the good marketing the marketing that I want to help people teach and the the marketing that I want to talk about is the one that's really about connections and I think that obviously you know you come from a marketing background and what the work that you do is also still a lot with clients in I'm going to call it traditional sense, but bear mm-hmm. with me just because I think there's a, which is fascinating. There are so many different types now of being a marketer. You can be just a consultant. You can be a coach. You can be a mentor, but then you're also a coach. So I think it's fascinating, but you also, you're a bit like me. I also have some clients that I work more on a traditional consulting element. I just come, you're a brand, you're a business. And even within that, I think, again, we still have been seeking that connection and we almost took it for granted until it was taken away. We felt 
it would be almost the same and it wouldn't change so much to talk to people on Zoom. And don't get me wrong, I met so many people thanks to the fact that I could talk to them even when they're away. But I don't think there's anything that beats actually being able to connect to that person face-to-face, especially when it is somebody that you're going to help within the business and within something that is so important when it comes to the relationship that you build with your audience. Yeah, so I think I don't need to see clients say face-to-face every single time that I see them, but I definitely, I like to meet people at least once. And I've always thought throughout my whole career that you can chat to somebody over the phone or by email, but if you have that, it sounds good, you have that one connection at the Christmas party or, you know, having a chat in between meetings, that can take your relationship to the, the next level for sure. And Zoom is amazing, but I have struggled with all day Zooms. So to give you an example, when I was, I've just completed my ILM coaching and mentoring qualification. And we did some face-to-face and some on Zoom because it was over sort of winter time when things were coming and going. And, you know, six hours on Zoom is is hard. And I got so much more out of the face-to-face sessions, but there was nothing they could do about it. It was just, that was how it had to be. I think it's something that like we, I personally felt it after a bit that I was set to adapt and everything was online and I felt I could handle it. And then I think I got to the very end of it and I was kind of like, I'm over this right now. I need a break from literally the screen being everything that I used to communicate and connect with people. And it's kind of interesting because I find that now obviously digital marketing has shifted so much into the opportunities that we have online that is almost like, you know, still trying desperately to, to recreate that personal connection. Because obviously one of the positives of it is that now people, brands, clients, etc., they can talk to people from all over the world and they could before, but before a lot of people would still prefer, obviously, to go offline. Now, because online has also become the norm, I also find that the problems that we're having, I think also the consumers are having or like the end you know, the end client, the, I guess, yeah, let's call them the consumers at this point, or the audiences are having of actually feeling overwhelmed with their tech and overwhelmed with all of this communication and this do this and do this and this prompts from people. And I find that it's really fascinating how things have changed in such a short period of time. Mm. So I know LinkedIn's a good example. So I've, 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 I've used LinkedIn for about 11 years. And I think for about 10 of those years, it felt very similar. Obviously, I think the platform developed and grew. But over the last year, LinkedIn has just exploded. It feels like everybody's on LinkedIn all the time. The amount of people who post every day. It's just become a really intense space. And it can be a really good thing if you're in the right mindset. So if I'm in a mindset where I'm thinking, oh, I want to know what's going on. I want to meet people. I want to chit-chat. I want to share what's happening in my business. Then I can find it quite energizing but there's also times I think when I've been a bit lower in my business or just a bit distracted and when I go on it it, it's too much and there's too many dms and everything and I just think I need to just step away from this for a second I can't cope (laughs) that's actually an excellent example because I think with a lot of platforms the users might have changed but also I think that there has been obviously we're not thinking about tiktok that literally came out of the ashes of 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 pretty much the first lockdown but you know there's a there have been different like shifts but not I think to the scale of LinkedIn you have an excellent point and mm-hmm. I don't know if you had this I, I run a couple of workshops on content marketing over literally between the beginning and the end of lockdown and I was talking about LinkedIn right and at the beginning people would still say some people when asked what do you think when you think about LinkedIn people will say you know like job seeking 
or like you know I'm, I'm gonna look for a job so I'm gonna yes. go on LinkedIn right right <laughs> oh, I'm gonna change my CV I need to add something to my CV I'm gonna go on LinkedIn and then in literally in 12 months to 18 months when you ask people the same question I think it has changed and people are like, oh, yeah, I actually go there to see, you know, to network or to see what other people are up to or to see what other, you know, what other companies are doing. And I was like, that is a massive shift. And I cannot think of any other social network or any other platform that is quite established that has been that has been doing that in such a short period of time. And I'm wondering whether maybe as professionals, we were lacking to find the right place to be able to do that online before. And then we figure out actually then it made sense. That was a place to go. Yeah, so I mean, I again, I haven't run a business outside of lockdown because I started in June last year. So I know a lot of people, they used to do a lot of like local events and meetups. Obviously, that, that disappeared for a time. And I think it is cropping up again now. But yeah, I think in a lot of ways, LinkedIn has completely replaced that. Like I get so much of my business from LinkedIn, even from people that know me. I often get tagged and recommended and it's probably the one platform where I'd say I couldn't I couldn't run my business without which is quite interesting but um yeah and I have to say I haven't been to any in-person business events yet not because you know I haven't looked or they haven't come up but I just haven't felt the need to and I, I do wonder they will come back of course but I don't know what to what extent and how many people will go to them because my clients are everywhere and lots of people's are as well so I have I think one or two clients within sort of a you know 50 mile radius of, of me the rest of them are scattered all over the country which is which is nice I love that it's kind of like going on a, or going on a little road trip just to kind of like touch all the points and meet them all like, <laughs> like a mini client road trip is like do but I was thinking the same and I think you know it's interesting to see that, as you said, like platforms like LinkedIn, then I've actually evolved and found different tools to encourage more of these kind of online conversations and online connections. And, and again, it is just how the, the opportunities have opened also have, you know, the pros and cons. And I love the fact that, you know, you found LinkedIn is a platform that helps you the best running the business and actually kind of connecting and like using referrals. I believe that Again, going back to our the all what a marketer is and what they do has shifted. I think a lot of people that are like ourselves, when you're more of a consultant, when you're more working with clients instead of with one one specific client and brand. I see a lot of the younger generations. I mean, we're not ancient, by the way, by any means, but I know we're kind <laughs> of like we are hovering on the same age. So we're still millennials, but I can see Gen Z. Aside from some cases, I don't want to generalize, but I can see them going more towards TikTok or even Instagram to actually create those connections. And I'm kind of wondering whether from a professional perspective, that is going to be the divide that we are going to see when it comes to where marketers are going to connect and, you know, what professionals are going to connect when it comes to the digital world. Yeah, it's interesting. So I consider myself an elder millennial. So <laughs> I was born in 1986, um, so I grew up with the internet. I think, so I'm, I'm, I'm not on TikTok, and it's because I'm, I know that if I get it, I will lose my life to it, and I will fall down the rabbit hole, and I'm just not quite ready to, to hand my life over to another social media platform just yet. But um, yeah, so m most of my clients are B2B. I am B2B. So like LinkedIn is the place to be. So interestingly, I have some clients that have had Twitter historically. And at the moment, it, it's just that they're not getting anything from it apart from the occasional complaint. And I've had 
to clients where we said actually let's just close down Twitter because we're not there's there's no point there's no value LinkedIn is is the place to be and that isn't the case for everybody that's just these clients in particular they're quite similar I think as a marketer it's like your client you just pick the platform that's that's right for you so you know I have actually have three Instagram accounts um, for the various <laughs> interests that I have in, in my life. And I, my business one is wonderful for connecting with, I think, other people in my world. It's, it's how you and I know each other, but I don't have, you know, I don't have a single client on there and I can't see me getting any. But if I was a consumer marketer or I was working with brands that are on Instagram, I think it would be a different case. Yeah, I just think you have to pick the platform that's right for you. And for, for me, it's, you know, LinkedIn, I can have a look at my you know, lead spreadsheet and see the, the actual value that LinkedIn has brought to my business. So that's where I need to be. And I love that we're actually talking about this because thinking about conversations that we don't have enough of at the moment, at least as, as marketers, is, is the ones that you can have when you are, again, more on the consulting position, the coach position, the mentor, do all the slash the strategist. How many things we can call ourselves as marketers? Sometimes <laughs> I think about it and I'm like, so if you don't call yourself marketer, you can say marketing and then think about all the different nouns that you can add. Think about the titles. So pick one. Pick one that is not obviously for just a brand. But I see that that is the future, actually, where of like the marketing jobs and industry is becoming so fluid. And I am very happy that we're talking about this because obviously, as always, there's no agenda. We started with the circus, um, <laughs> as you do. Because I think it's important to have that conversation also to give younger marketers, not like ourselves, but also all the marketers that maybe want to go solo or want to kind of branch out, just to kind of give them a bit of guidance and a bit of support to figure out how can we then also find the clients? Because it's great for, you know, for us to do, to help our clients with, you know, consumer or with B2B. But then again, a marketer that decides to do their own thing, then they become B2B themselves. And I think, again, it's almost like then not falling into the rabbit hole of going for what we think is best, but as you say, going for what's best for us. So my question for you is, how do you find the balance between, especially with LinkedIn, being on it, because you know that it brings leads and connections and contacts, but also we talked about at the beginning, making sure that you're not going down that rabbit hole or making sure that you're not spending too much time on it or that you're not going there for the wrong reasons and not really feeling good about it. So I have a, a sensible answer and a spiritual answer. Give me both. I want a both. So my sensible answer is that I have um, apps that limit how much time I can spend on social media platforms. So when I add it up, it actually feels like quite a lot. So I normally say about an hour on each. So I try to not go more than that because I just think in terms of how many hours I've got in the day, I, I can't spend three hours a day on Instagram. It has to be an hour's max. And that includes like you know, my own looking at memes and reels and all that sort of stuff so I have that's my sort of limit and I do say to people if you find yourself just like staring into the black rectangle a lot of the time like do do limit it because it's so easy to get distracted and spend five minutes here and five minutes there and you can add the time up and it can you're on a bad day I can add up to six seven eight hours on my phone doing all sorts of things and I just think I could have I could have learned a language or you know got a whole day's work in and then my more spiritual answer is again just like check in with 
how you're feeling I think around social media so if I think it's making me feel bad or I'm not getting anything out of it then again I just step away from it I think it has to be used in a way that makes me feel good about how I'm using it I love it I love both answers to be honest I'm Mm. I'm a big fan of actually having that that block because sometimes it's just almost bringing awareness to what you're doing and why you're doing it can really help you then stopping and making the sensible choice of like am I really meaning to go here or it's just happening because I just know where the button is and I click it so often that I forget about it and it's something that I also talked about in my book quite a few times because it comes up when it comes to reclaiming your time so I love that tip I love that tip yes and actually, it leads me to another point, which is, again, going back into the behind the scenes of all marketing school. So obviously, each teacher is teaching another one or two different elements. And I love the fact that everybody brought their expertise to the table and you helped me shift also the ideas of what I was going to focus on. And then you were one of the, the few people that did that when you actually suggested slash recommended to maybe focus more on setting up systems as marketers. And I was like, yes, queen, she speaks my language. (laughs) I love it. Let's do more of that. So I want to ask you why, because obviously you told me why as well, but I think it's so important. And as you said to me, it's a topic that we don't think about enough and is not covered enough and actually marketers can really benefit from it. And since we talked about a little hack of something that you created for yourself to help you, why did you think about systems? Why do you think we need to talk more about that and teach other marketers also around that as well? Yeah, so I feel like when you're actually like in the trenches, I think the thing that always would limit me wasn't my ability or my skill. It was my it was just getting the job done, not being distracted. Obviously, distraction is quite a big thing for me, as you can see. But, you know, it was organizing my time, having knowing how to communicate with senior people and getting stuff done and getting things pushed through. And I feel like there's this whole kind of like outer layer of this like marketing skill and there's like delivering so I think in in marketing you've got like a central core of marketing skills the core skills of how to be how to be a good marketer and I think that's one thing that you definitely learn throughout your marketing career and then you've got like a layer outside of that which is actually how to do your job and what I mean by that is you know I spent time early in my career like learning how to do email marketing, figuring out social media. I was always quite a good writer, but I would spend time, you know, looking at copywriting techniques and and all of that. Where I really fell down, though, was then actually being able to to do my my job. And there were times when I was really overwhelmed and I wouldn't know how to prioritise or your manager might go on holiday and then you get five million requests and you're like, oh, I've got no idea which one to do first. Um, it took me a really long time to know how to run a meeting sounds crazy but you know if no one ever tells you this is how you run a meeting and deal with senior people you don't know how to do it so I think having systems and skills around actually if you've got 10 things and you can only do five things which are the five things that you could pick so when I do my marketing mentoring this is a theme that comes up and I'll say okay so on one hand you might want to do some quick wins to keep people quiet which in reality is something that we all do with both clients and colleagues but then when you've got other things you need to have a commercial brain and say right what can I do that's going to have the biggest impact on the business or with this client and how how do I figure that out because it might be the hardest thing or the most boring thing but in the bigger picture that's the thing that you have to do and when you're creative 
unfortunately your tendency is to pick the most fun thing or the easiest thing or the thing that involves sitting in a room writing on your own in my case and actually the thing that you might need to be doing is writing that really important report or that really important tender that's going to win 100 million pounds or whatever it might be. I'm a big fan of prioritizing like what you should be doing again and I agree with you is like we just naturally want to try and do the fun things or the quicker things so as you say like we tick off more stuff so I love the idea almost going back and saying how can we do five things and these five things well instead of almost letting your to-do list or the list of things that you're supposed to do run you which I think can be one of the things that we tend to do and uh, one of the problems that I've seen is that when it comes to especially marketing certifications or qualifications there is an element of leadership that now is coming in which is excellent but I still find that we're really missing the side of just teaching people how to manage their time better and being able to actually have the independence and I think that also give you the confidence to feel like you have more experience obviously it's great that you know how to write an email or how to read Facebook ads reports but if you actually can tell a manager or a client I, you know, I am efficient. I work well. You don't have to worry about this. Is it for us to communicate? Because I will help us do in the best way. That in itself is also an excellent skill. And it, I think really build the confidence as well when you're trying to talk to somebody and convince them that you know what you're doing. Yeah, it's good to have a very self-awareness of knowing what you're like at your worst as well. So I'm quite interested in like the, the disc matrix or Myers-Briggs or whatever sort of labels you put on it. But I know that at my when I'm stressed... I flip from task to task and I'll do 5% of a hundred things and nothing gets finished, but everything's had a little bit done to it, which is nice. But at the end of the day, I can't go to a client and say, here's a completed piece of work. All I do is look at my 5 million tabs open and go, this is my brain right now. And I know that when that starts to happen, that's me under pressure. And I have to take myself to one side and say, okay, Veronica, you're going to do one thing today and you need to finish it and have a little conversation and I people that are more introverted will go the other way so they'll get indecision and be unable to start things and you know everyone's personality is very different but we all have ways of knowing okay when I'm under pressure this is how I react so something I love talking about in mentoring conversations is recognizing okay when you're at, you know under pressure at your worst what's your behavior what's your trigger that starts showing that you're being inefficient recognize it and then learn how to manage that and if you can see it in yourself before somebody else notices and says to you do you know that you're doing this then that, that's a really good way I think to sort of progress because you can see the trigger and you can act on it I love that and I think it also goes back to that conversation about if you are working with a client and you're doing some work with them or for them is also really important. And then you can, you know, you can also understand how you like to work or the best way for you to be productive and communicate that with them. I think when you have the level of awareness, you can say, you know, you can say, listen, I'm more than happy to work this time of hours. I'm more than happy to be available to chat via this medium at this time or in this way. Whereas I find that when you don't take the time to really understand how you work at your best, then you know, you're gonna adapt to what other people are telling you that you're supposed to do because that's that's all you know. And I think that's where the problems come. 
that I believe in compromise and I believe in finding the best way for everybody to work together. But I also understand that sometimes I, in the past, especially have been saying yes to time times that I usually don't want to work or yes to ways that I don't want to communicate just to, just because I didn't have the energy or the, or the time to actually think about what was best for me. And since I've been doing that and actually putting myself first a bit more um, clients are happier. I am happier. I am not literally like running myself to the ground. And um, I think it's, as you said, it's something really important that I wish we could talk about a bit more and bring a bit more to the awareness, regardless of whether you are a consultant or you work for a company or you are a mentor or you are, I don't know, a freelancer. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, this is one thing I really hope changes post-pandemic. So I'm I'm a night owl. I do my best work in the afternoon, evening. I'm very sleepy in the morning. So I'm even even like you know a year in, I still love the fact that I get up in the morning, read the news, have a coffee, and I, I just chill out for a couple of hours. I don't start work till around 10, 11 o'clock. I, I don't do meetings before 10. And I'm quite honest and say you won't get the best out of me if it's 9 a.m. because I'll be I'll be tired and my brain isn't isn't awake yet but if you get me at four or five o'clock full of ideas you know and I do my best work then and that was just it was never an option it was never an option when I was you know when I was employed I think companies would say they were flexible but they they weren't because they put meetings in your diary or you'd have to go somewhere or or do something or you'd need to come to the office for whatever reason it just wasn't it wasn't real flexibility and I think people will start to to demand this now because especially if you've got you know a campaign to write or some thinking to do if you can do it at your best then you'll come up with much better results which for me is you know in the afternoon if it's in the morning I never have my best ideas in the morning yeah I'm the opposite and I agree with you because I think that's that's the most important thing and and that's also something that I hope because it's easier once you get confident, it's easier to do it when you're running your own business and just be like, okay, I'm going to set those boundaries. Or I'm going to set those blocks almost so people can book a call with me at this time and stuff like that. It's always harder when you are like, when you're working with somebody else and that's my real hope. And obviously the reason why I wrote my book is because I want people to have those conversations also when they are working for somebody else and be like, you know, being flexible and and almost explain, because that's the problem. Sometimes you have to re-explain listen, if I get this done, you know, by the end of the day, but it means that I have the whole day and I can do it in the afternoon, I'm going to do a cracking job. And then in the morning, again, you can do the admin stuff, the boring things, you know, you can do a bit of the work that just you don't need to think about. But it's all about setting the expectations. And I love that you mentioned that because there is almost a belief that you have to be more productive in the morning because it means you get more done and things like that. And I I definitely disagree with that. And um, I believe that productivity in a way that is not kind of like the they're not so happy about self self-help type of productivity that some people are like preaching about these days it's more about understanding what works best for you and be open to make it work for yourself instead of pushing 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 because i feel that that is what people call productivity but it's actually basically masking hustling again and driving and masculine energy into what should be actually a bit more of a self-care act rant over but I wanted to say this because I don't know if you see it as well obviously I'm very active also in some writing spaces and I see a lot of this kind of like productivity is doing this is waking up at this time he's doing this thing and I'm like give people a break please we need that 
Yeah, I've tried to force myself into being a morning person so many times because I actually think it's a very cool thing to be. I'm very envious of people who like wake up at 5 a.m. and they're like really zen and they meditate and write in their, their journal, whereas I'm like bleary eyed for two hours at 9 a.m. having a coffee, <laughs> reading the newspaper, trying to. Yeah, and I, I think at the age that I am now, I've recognised actually that's 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 just who I am, and that's that's totally fine. And I'm actually just I'm not going to fight it now as well. I'd like to normalise people, um, yeah, being a little bit tired in the morning and needing a couple of hours to get started. I think it's fine. I was also going to bring this back to the circus to say, so for me, a non-negotiable is that I do that two, three times a week, and then go to the gym to, to support that as well because to me there's nothing more grounding than coming away from marketing which I've done for quite a long time to do something that I'm I've had to start from scratch and you know with the pandemic no one's been doing it for ages so we're all starting from the beginning again I've had to be really humble in knowing that my brain knows how to do things my body is still catching up every week I get a little bit better and it gives my brain a real break, you know, from my business and from my life. And I think it does me so much good to just go and do something which is physical that I'm you know, starting from the very beginning again, which is less in itself. You have to go back to the start sometimes and start again and just work your way up. And I think it makes me a, a better business person when I have that total break from engaging my brain to do something which is just so completely different. There's also another lesson in there from what you said, which kind of like hit me home, like, like, like a little gentle punch. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, what you said, obviously, I love that even just the idea or the reminder that actually like taking a break and completely dis- disengaging helps you with refining the energy, being creative again, kind of giving your brain a, well, deserve rest. Mm. But also the fact that you said like doing something for the first time again and being a beginner again in a way. And obviously... I'm going to use a very random analogy because obviously all marketing school is not necessarily something completely new because obviously I'm talking about something that I've been doing for a long time, but it's a new brand. And just to give a bit of a personal like view on this, I've been really comfortable because I've had the same company for seven years. People know us, you know, there's no need to explain who we are. You know, people want to hear from us. They want to look at partnerships because we have the audience, we have the, you know, the reputation and starting from scratch with something completely new, it's been a big, a massive gamble for me also when it comes to my ego. And my ego had to be like, if you really want this to happen, you need to be open to explore, open to try, open to quote, unquote, 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 fail, open to challenge yourself. And it's been really humbling for me. So whatever way, whether it's a new skill, whether it's a new business, sometimes when we get comfortable doing what we do, which is fine, we forget that. And that's the other lesson that you mentioned. And I wanted to reiterate that because personally for me also has been a big one and I'm really grateful that I could have the experience this year because it also reminds you that this, the will to not give up and the will to try and the will to explore and chat and change and it's one of the things that then I think also I love about marketing because marketing constantly changes constantly so when you learn to be good at changing and adapting and not giving in and being curious by nature it really helps as well yeah I'm always telling my clients like in fact, I think it's even on my website that like, test and learn is my mantra. And they say, will it work? And I'm like, I don't know. I think it will because it's worked previously. But let's just try it. Let's just try this thing once or twice. Measure it, come back to it, get some feedback. That's really my approach. Like, I'm not a 
fast, all in, crazy marketer. Um, I know some people are, I'm very much measured. I'm like, let's, let's try things. Let's try things, but create consistency. And for me in the past, that that's normally what has worked really, really well. I think previous employees of mine and clients have been really scared to try certain things. So to give you a very funny example, I remember ooh, must be about 10 years ago, persuading my employer at the time that they should be on Facebook, which now seems hilarious but you know it took me it took me ages to get them on there and I kept saying let's just let's just try it the worst that can happen is if we do it it falls flat delete the account it's fine nobody will care five five years from now I think you know when we talk about platforms I always think if, if it's worth trying give it a go and then if it doesn't work it doesn't work and then you can say well I tried it and I'll keep trying again and again and again I think a lot of marketing is 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 failing actually or doing things that don't quite work right and then tweaking them and you have to be really mentally resilient I think to be okay with the fact that you'll do things that won't work but you know tell your colleagues tell your clients that say it might not work that's fine we'll keep trying something something will work amen to that anybody who's listening stop <laughs> re-listen to the last bit again twice please you know why? Because it's so important. Now I get heated again. Now I get riled up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know why, Veronica? I'll tell you why. There she goes. Because it's so important to actually remember that marketing is not a science. And you can we can put so much pressure on ourselves as marketers. And we had another episode about marketing versus ROI and actually the difference between sales and marketing. They're brothers. But they're not the same thing. The marketer's job is to understand your audience's behaviors, to understand what works for them, to understand where they are. And that requires the testing. And far too often you talk to people, which I appreciate, don't know marketing, that's why they have you to help them, right? And you feel that pressure to be like, I want to see the results, I want to see them now. And you're like, oh, we don't know what works. You know, some, if sometimes you do and the things that you do, you can do. But a lot of the stuff, you know, that you do is also new. You try something new and it might flop, it might not, but that's the beauty of it. So thank you for the reminder of that because it's a big misconception that still when I talk to some people, they have, and it can really hinder the confidence when you're trying to put yourself out there and encourage people to try something. Knowing that it might not work, it's part of, it's part of the reason why we do it, to learn, to evolve. So thank you. Yeah, it's good to educate the people around you as well. So I know, um, you know, whether you're working freelance or not, it's really good to say to your, to your colleagues and your clients and just say, this is marketing. We we try different things. It, it's okay if it doesn't work. Like we just, you know, the biggest brands, most of them take the same approach. If I write a hundred words for you, I fully expect everyone in the business to have their say in it and it'll go around a few times. And then when it goes out into the world, the customers will comment on it, we'll change it again. It's a living, breathing thing that should evolve all the time. So if we do some brand messaging, it shouldn't stay the same. It's wrong if it stays the same for five years. We should keep looking at it, put my feedback into it, your feedback, most importantly, customers' feedback, because they're the ones that we're trying to talk to. I'm loving this. We went all the way around, <laughs> all the different things. I promised that. I always promise that to the dear listener, and I promised that to you. This was going to happen. So thank you so much for being here with us, first and foremost. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom and to get to get to know you a bit better as well, which is always fun. 
I love talking marketing. I could talk for probably six hours on these subjects. So. <laughs> uh, that, that's why we got more time. Like next time, we can talk about another one, side of marketing. Mm. Thank you so much, also as well. Again, for for being part of the mission, for being for joining us in however we're going to change the world. We're all marketing school, putting it out there, cash changing the world. Why not? Um, it's always a pleasure to have people that really want to make a difference, and they, you know, people that really want to support humans as well. So, thank you. Now, if people want to hear more about you and check you out and do all the good things and ask you questions, where should they go? Let's tell them that. So, number one, I would say come and find me on LinkedIn. So I'm at Veronica Wood Corrales. Corrales is spelled Q-U-E-R-A-L-E-S. It's Venezuelan, which is a question I always get asked all the time. So you'll find me on LinkedIn. Then if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at into the woods marketing and into the woods marketing.com is also my business's website. So the three places. Excellent. Thank you so, so much again. Yeah, thank you too. It was lovely. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at Old Marketing School. Until next time. <laughs>